This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching it at this time. We may have those who are watching today for the very first time, and may I thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned today as we discuss this subject on our telecast, The Man Who Was Equal With God. The Man Who Was Equal With God. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize that it is free. We want you to have it. And you say, well, Brother Lambert, I'd like to know a little bit more about this course. Tell me, first of all, really now, Brother Lambert, is it free? It is free. I'm not going to tell you that it's free and then charge you for it. Uh, we, We want you to have it. We're not going to ask you to send us any money, not a check. We don't need your credit card. We just want you to have the Bible course. We have people who who give to the Lord every Lord's Day, every first day of the week as they've been prospered, that it might make it possible for us to offer these things on getting to know your Bible. And so we want you to have it today, and we're going to pause so that you can learn more about the course and so that you can learn how to receive the free Bible Correspondence Course. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free. 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading now from John the 5th chapter, beginning in verse 19, and I'm going to read through verse 23. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees the Father do. For whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself does. And He will show Him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. For the the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. The first two miracles that Jesus performed were private in nature. 
In John the second chapter, Jesus was at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee and he turned water into wine. And then there was the healing of the nobleman's son. But there is a miracle that is recorded in John's gospel in John chapter 5 that was public and it was on the Sabbath day. Now there are three specific things in this chapter that we want to notice. And the first thing that we will notice in the first 15 verses of John chapter 5 was this miracle that occurred on the Sabbath day. If you'll notice that uh, there was the feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, uh, there by the sheep gate, there was a pool called in the uh, Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And there by that pool, there lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, and they were there waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4 says, For an angel came down at certain time, into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatsoever disease he had. Now, verse 5 says that there a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And then when Jesus saw the man here, uh, he knew that he had been in that condition for a long time. And Jesus asked him this question, do you want to be made whole? And the, and the man said, Sir, I don't have anybody to put me in the water when the water stirred up. And said, While I'm coming, somebody else steps down before me. And I want you to notice what Jesus said to this man in verse 8. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. He was made well. And he took up his bed and he walked. Now verse 9 says, And that day was the Sabbath. And the Jews said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Here's a man who had been sick for 38 years. Not able to walk. And now the man is told to rise, take up your bed and walk. And they, they tell him, it's the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And then he said to them, the man that made me well said, take up your bed and walk. And they said, well, who is the man that said that to you? Take up your bed and walk. And then verse 13 says, The one who was healed did not know who it was. He didn't know it was Jesus because Christ had withdrawn Himself from the multitude. Then in verse 14, later in the temple, this is what Jesus said to the man, See, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed, and then he told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Now here, this man, try to get in your mind the picture. Man by the, 
by this pool of water at Bethesda. And he had been uh, sick, had this infirmity for 38 years. And Jesus asked the man if he made it, wanted to be made well. And the man says, well, I would, but every time I try to get in the water, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool, and somebody else gets ahead of me. And then Jesus just told the man to rise and to take up your bed and walk. And verse 9 says, and immediately, immediately the man was made well. Sometimes people claim that they can cure people, heal people miraculously. And they will tell the person who is wanting that healing, you're going to start getting better. Or they might report a, a miracle that allegedly occurred and they say that, that over a period of time the person got better and they could see or they could do this or they could do that. But let me tell you what happened when Jesus performed miracles. It was instantaneous. It was immediately. It says that it immediately the man was made whole. But here was the problem for the, for the Jews of that day. It was done on the Sabbath day. And because Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath day, that there was some, some controversy that arose over that. Because the man healed had gone to the Jews and told them that it was Jesus who had healed them. And so down in the 16th verse, we find that for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and they sought to kill him. And, and because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered, My father has been working until now, and I've been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he said that God was his father and making himself equal with God. And so here the people began to persecute Jesus. Over in Luke, the fourth chapter, Jesus had healed a demoniac on the Sabbath day. But, but here when they confronted Jesus and, and told him what he was doing, uh, that he was doing... Uh, uh, breaking the Sabbath because he was healing on the Sabbath day. And then when he claimed that God was his father and made himself equal with God, then they changed their charge from the breaking of the Sabbath to blaspheming God Almighty. And there was this controversy that arose. Now the penalty for such as that was death. And that's when the official persecution of Jesus Christ began. They hated Jesus without a cause. They hated Jesus because he made himself equal with God. I wanted you to notice in verse 19 what Jesus said. Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees the Father do. But whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. 
Jesus Christ claimed to be equal with God in verses 19 through verse 23 that we read earlier. He claimed to be one with His Father in works. Now notice again, notice verse 19 again. I, I can, the Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees the Father do. For whatever He does, the Son does the same thing. He also claimed to be one with His Father in the execution of judgment. Notice verse number 22. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. And so Jesus claimed to be equal with God. He claimed to be equal with God in, in, in His Father's works. Working the work of His Father. He claimed to be one in his, with His Father in the execution of judgment. And He also claimed to be equal with, in honor with the Father. Notice verse 23. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. You see, to honor the Son is to honor the Father. To dishonor the Son is to dishonor the Father who sent Him. So Jesus Christ staked His claim of equality with God on these three points. One with His Father in works. One with His Father in ex the execution of judgment and one with, with His Father in honor. And so to honor one is to honor the other. Now, He claimed that there are valid witnesses that support His claim to deity. I am aware of the fact that there are people today who do not believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were to ask them, who is this man, Jesus? They would say, well, Jesus was a good man. He was a prophet of a sort. But there was nothing about him divine. He was not the divine Son of God. He was not the promised Messiah. And some are still looking for the Messiah. But Jesus claimed that there are valid witnesses who support his claim to deity. Now, the first of those witnesses was none other than John the Baptist. Notice beginning in verse 30, I can of myself do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Sometimes... Somebody may say to me, Brother Lambert, how was, what, what kind of sermon did you preach Sunday? And I usually respond, you best ask someone else. I tried to preach the truth, but you better ask someone else about how I went about doing that. There's somebody else to testify about that. And so Jesus said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another 
who bears witness of me. And I know the witness which he witnesses of me is true. And, and then who is that witness? You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Why, he said, John the Baptist witnessed to the truth. He said, yet I do not receive testimony from men, but I say these things that you may be saved. Now, what was the role of John the Baptist? That's in the next passage. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a long time to, to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John. So John was a witness. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And John was a witness to the deity of Jesus Christ. But then, what else was a witness to the deity of Christ? And that's in verse 36. And that's the miracles that Jesus Christ performed. Notice it. For I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And so the miracles that Jesus performed uh, testified to his deity. You recall in the third chapter of John in verse 2, Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So John the Baptist was a witness. The miracles were a witness. Something else was a witness to the deity of Jesus Christ. And that was the word of his Father. Notice verse 37. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. He said, the Father has, that sent me testified of me. I don't believe that you can get in a better testimony than that, can you? You remember in Matthew 17 and verse 5, God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. God in heaven put His stamp of approval upon Jesus Christ as being His divine Son. So He said, The Father Himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard His voice at any time, nor, listen to this, seen His form. Why, no one has ever heard the voice of God. These people today that claim that God is talking to them need to stop and read that passage. Somebody says, you know, the Lord came to me the other night and God said to me and God did said this to me and God said that to me. Jesus said, you have neither heard His voice at any time nor seen His form. Think about that. But you do not have His word abiding in you because whom He sent Him you did not believe. God sent His Son, and yet they did not believe in that Son. That there was something wrong with these people. Three things, actually, that were wrong with these people. First of all, there was something that was wrong with their minds. They did not see Christ in the Scriptures. There are many people today, when they study the Old Testament, they don't see Christ in the Old Testament. 
They're looking for someone to come even today that is predicted in the Old Testament, not realizing that the one predicted in the Old Testament has already come. Some, some are still looking for the Messiah, but the Messiah, Christ, has come. So these people had something wrong with their minds. They could not see Christ in the Scriptures. Listen to Jesus in verse 38 again. But you do not have His Word abiding in you, whom He has sent. Him you do not believe. And verse 39, search, you search the Scriptures. I've heard preachers use that as though it were a command for us today to search the Scriptures. That's that's not what the passage is saying. It's not saying you need to start searching the Scriptures. They were searching the Scriptures. That's what he was saying to them. You're searching the Scriptures. You're reading the Old Testament. He said, for in them you think you have eternal life. They were such searching the Old Testament Scriptures because they felt that in the Old Testament there was the promise of a Messiah to come, and so they were searching the Scriptures, but they did not see Christ in those Scriptures. Now look at it again, verse 39. These are they, listen to him, which testify of me. What testified about Jesus Christ? The Scriptures that they were searching testified of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that when we read the Old Testament today, when we read the Old Testament, there are scriptures in the Old Testament, prophecies in the Old Testament, which have been fulfilled about Jesus, that were like arrows pointing to the coming of Jesus Christ. For example, Genesis 3.15, I will put amnity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That was an arrow pointing to the coming of Jesus through the seed of the woman. All through the Old Testament, one passage after another, one after another, that's saying Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. That's the reason in Second Timothy, the third chapter, and in verse 14, Paul told Timothy, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures. Well, now, what Holy Scriptures? The Old Testament, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. What was Paul telling Timothy? Why well, he said, from a child, you were taught the Old Testament, and it is the Old Testament that tells us that Jesus Christ is coming. But there was something wrong with these people. They were wrong in their minds because when they searched the Scriptures and read the Bible, they just didn't see Jesus in it. But there was something wrong with their will. They didn't want Jesus in their hearts. Notice what he says here in John chapter 5 and verse number 40. You are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Not only did they not see Christ in the Scriptures, they didn't want Christ in their hearts. And unfortunately, there are many, many people now 
who do not want Jesus Christ in their hearts. They, they speak lightly of Christ. They speak disrespectfully of Christ. Or maybe they just neglect Christ in their hearts. I, I would encourage you to not ever do that. I would encourage you to, to want to have Christ in your heart. He wants to be in your life. You believe in Him. John 8, 24. You repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3. Confess your faith in Him, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. And be baptized into Christ, Galatians 3, 27. And thus be added to the church of the Lord, Acts 2, 47. And you live a faithful Christian life, worshiping with the Lord's people on the Lord's day, trying to live every day as Jesus would have you live. When life is over, all will be well with your soul. But you've got to want Jesus in your heart. But something else that was wrong with these people, there's something wrong with their love. I want you to notice now verse 42. I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. That's, that's, that's almost like saying, I know you better than you know yourself. You see, if they had really loved God, they would have loved the one that God sent. Now, Jesus warned these people. He said, I come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Somebody else came to you, you'd receive that person. But I come in my Father's name, and you don't receive me. But he said, how can you believe who receive honor from another and do not seek the honor that comes from, listen to it, the only God. I hear people talking occasionally about you have your God and I have my God. Folks, there's just one God, the only God. The only God. And Jesus continued, do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There's one who accuses you. Who would accuse them? He said, Moses, in whom you trust. Oh, they trusted in Moses. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how you will, will you believe me? Moses wrote about Jesus. And he said, if you don't believe in Moses, you wouldn't believe in me. Because if you believe Moses... You'd believe in me. Jesus is a man equal with God, on a par with God, on an equality with God, Philippians 2, 5 and following. And I'd encourage you to give your life to Him who died that you might live. Become a child of His today. Jesus said, He that believeth it is baptized shall be saved. I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.